Hi, it's John Bernadovich, your host of the H Like a Boss podcast. Welcome to season three. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope of finding what it takes to do HR like a boss. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. On today's show, I'm super excited to have Sue Haywood. Sue was connected to me by a mutual contact that we both have, and I'm super excited to have Sue on the show. She's coming to us live from that great country north of the United States, Canada. So say hello to Sue Haywood, uh, all of our listeners that are out there. And Sue, welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Thanks so much for having me today, John. All right, so cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're working on, your passion for HR. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for the opportunity. Um, so I lead the HR function at a consulting firm, a business Sherpa group based in Canada. We're coast to coast and coast to coast to coast, actually. We're honored to do a lot of work in the north as well. Um, what we do is we partner with small organizations to help them scale up and achieve their business dreams. And we understand that for most entrepreneurs, it's the finance, the recruitment, and the HR strategy that really holds them back. So we use a combination of technology and experts to help businesses do what they love by giving them the skills to harness their people and get the most out of that talent that they have. Yeah, awesome. Super passionate about that. All about scaling up those small entrepreneurial businesses. They are the, the life, the lifeline, the lifeblood of, of any economy. So uh, continued great work and what you're doing. I, I love the name of the company too. So all right, Sue, so let's get you started on the podcast. I ask all the guests the same question because it's really important to me, and I think it's really intentional on, on what people view as the purpose of human resources. So how would you describe your perspective of what's most important and how HR should view its purpose? Oh, that's a great question. So for me, I think HR is really the you know, they're almost this sort of go-between between management and employees. And in some ways, they can become translators in terms of this is what employees want and need in order to be effective. And this is what the business wants and needs in order to be effective. And a great HR people put the two together in a really, you know, powerful plan and program that allows everyone to do what they love successfully. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I love that kind of translation, that ability to kind of mirror, mirror those together and help them talk the same language because sometimes it's not always the case. I know employees have different motivations and uh, the employer or executive leadership team has different expectations. So no, I, that was, that was cool and concise. I, I love the concise <laughs> response to that. So I know one of the main things you do within your organization, you mentioned it was this importance of talent attraction and helping drive strategic HR inside of your clients kind of small to mid-sized companies. And I know I know one of the, the key points we've seen is this shift inside the labor market and its impact on all employers. And I'm curious, kind of with this unique demand on uh, HR functions inside of small, medium, and large-sized companies to find that right talent, how do you how do you see this change in the labor market impacting how leaders manage people? Well, as much as I think it's gonna it's been challenging for a lot of folks, I think end of day, it's going to be an amazing, almost evolution or revolution in the workforce. Uh, it's really focusing on what is it employees want and what do employers need to do to attract them. Gone are the days of we'll just throw money at them and pay more and we'll be able to get whoever just by paying more. Um, money isn't enough. 
if you're going to compete on money, you're going to be spending tens of thousands of dollars more every year in order to just compete on money. What organizations, especially small organizations, need to do is really rethink how can we create a positive, psychologically safe work environment where people want to contribute, want to do their best, and want to see the company succeed, and that's in everyone's best interest. Yeah, no, it's not. It's 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 so well said. I know it's not easy to execute, and uh, I think it's as as you mentioned, it's kind of this uh, gap analysis that exists. Like, here's what I want as an employee. Here's what I can deliver as an employer. Where do the gaps exist? Oftentimes, those can cause challenges as far as an ability for companies to attract talent, for them to retain that talent. So, I think it is it is really important to look at how we can do that better and, and think strategically. That's one of the key components of doing HR like a boss. So ar around this like management and different needs, definitely the variation between what a baby boomer is looking at from a generational difference to what Gen Z is looking at. How, how would you categorize those differences and the impact it's having on your clients? Oh, I think that's actually the number one cause of a lot of, you know, we hear this concept of quiet quitting. It's not a new concept. Uh, those of us in HR are well aware of people who have had these behaviors before. Uh, and it's this idea of not feeling like employee, employees can leave for whatever reason. Um, and so they're not happy with how they get treated. And this is how they feel that they can demonstrate some control. It really stems from how the social environment that has created employees has evolved. Baby boomers grew up in an entirely different generation, went to an entirely different school system, uh, entirely different experiences than what we're seeing with millennials, Gen Z. Um, you know, think about how more inclusive, much more inclusive a school environment is in this day and age. All about group work, all about partnership, all about you know, autonomy, flexibility. And then we expect these people to go into a workplace that's still based on you know, values that are held dearly by baby boomers. It doesn't align. It's really important to, to recognize what environment are employees coming from, whether they're new grads, whether they've been out in the workforce 10, 15, even 20 years. What is it that they value? What are, you know, what are the social needs that they have? And then how can that be interpreted into an effective workplace practice? Yeah, cool. Now I think that I think that's spot on. I think it's it's important to look at those differences and understand how societally we've changed. You made a great point in that. That's just a, di it's a different thing. And if you're not evolving, you're likely getting passed by in this kind of unique time that we've been uh, compressed in based upon all the changes that came out of the pandemic and the impact it had on people and life and businesses. So speaking of businesses, I, I would be remiss without giving a plug to our ongoing sponsor and a big thank you to uh, them. That is Willery, uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, thankful for the formation of this podcast and their continued support of it. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized companies with its search and temporary staffing business, along with a client-side implement HR technology implementation and optimization practice. So if you're struggling to find talent in your HR or payroll teams, or you are not getting a return on your HR technology investment, please visit willery.com to learn more. All right, Sue, enough for the shameless plug. I'm sure we could probably talk about <laughs> HR technology and a lot of other things based upon what your business is and how you're helping them. So I'm just I'm just curious like as I as we as we've been talking on the show about this labor shortage, the labor uh, market adjusting, uh, the impacts on leaders and managers, the impacts on employees depending upon their 
their kind of generational place, whether it's a boomer to Gen Z. I'm, I'm wondering like what you're seeing or what you might predict if you looked in your crystal ball as to being uh, in this evolution. What, what do we see it looking like differently, you know, six months, one year, five years from today? Well, I'm not going to say that the pandemic hasn't been hard on people because I know it has, but I think as the further we get away from the crux of the pandemic, um, we're actually gonna look at this as a major change, much like the industrial revolution that is going to dramatically impact the way workplaces operate. Um, you know, if we think even six months before the pandemic hit, the idea of working from home, it was this perk. It was this, you know, short term, one person could leave the workplace, work from a different location with the expectation that they're going to return. And instead, we've realized in a very short time frame that everything can be scrapped. Everyone can be virtual. It really has to be, fo the focus needs to be on what is it people do and how do they contribute, not where do they do it from. And so it's really going to change how work dynamics go, how people you know, continue to evolve to work collaboratively virtually. And it's causing a greater demand for flexibility and autonomy, but that's also un um, unleashing a lot more potential amongst employees and talent that they can bring far more creativity and advancements to organizations at the same time. It's, I think it's actually gonna be amazing. And I think within six months, those organizations that forced everyone back to work in September because they thought that was the way to do, I think we'll see them rethinking it and even more so in a year from now. Yeah, I think the biggest part of that is the the, the labor market and the, the 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 fight for that great talent shift, shifted the marketplace in that it was it became an employee centric market, one Absolutely. that they could dictate a lot of the I'll call it terms in that sense. And so, at the end of the day, your ability to evolve and adjust to that accordingly, I, I get asked this question all the time because we've had a virtual business since 2010. Right. How do you make sure that people are doing their job? Well, we put <laughs> structure and technology and process and hired people that wanted that autonomy mm -hmm. in place. And we managed to those expectations. And so, and then you, you, you hire trustworthy people that are good at what they do. Um, they value that autonomy. They, they don't take it for granted. Definitely. And so, you measure outputs, not how long someone sat at their desk. Yeah. And it, it really, it's, it, there's this kind of adage of, if I don't see you in your seat, I don't think you're working <laughs> mindset, which I think is so 1990, sorry to date ourselves, but it's very def true. Definitely something I see evolving for the better. And I think the, the employers that are not, that are not seeing that or not providing that level of flexibility eventually will, will feel uh, the unique, the unique impacts on their business. Yeah. So, they're going to have to change because they're going to start losing their talent to those who've already changed. Yeah. Yeah. I have this saying in the book, if you are not putting your people first, be very careful because someone else will. Mm -hmm. And eventually yeah, you'll, right. you'll see and feel the impact of that. But all right. So the, the podcast is called HR Like a Boss, which you've been a great guest on so far, Sue. Uh, the upcoming book that'll come out in the summer of 2023 is called HR Like a Boss. So I'd like to get all guests of the show out by answering this one final question. How would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? I would call them first and foremost, uh, a strategic problem solver, right? From a business perspective, you're always trying to get more from your resources. 
Uh, how can you do that from a people perspective? It's you know obviously through engagement, through you know autonomy, flexibility, increasing that creativity of folks. But it's really that ability to step back and say, what is it we're trying to achieve? Why? And understanding the need for that rationale. Really cool. Use some awesome words just then, and I'm going to start there with the the uh, recap that I do for all guests. This idea of engagement, autonomy, and creativity, you mentioned those several times on our show today, and that that sometimes feels at, um, I'll call it uh, a little bit a little bit of strife between employers wanting people to be a certain way or do a job in a certain way, and that autonomy, that creativity, um, that, that will eventually increase the level of engagement is an important part to give to an individual human being uh, that is working. And as an HR, like a bosser, in your perspective, you're a strategic problem solver, spot on with that. You gotta be able to look at things strategically and then find a way to, to, to solve, solve that issue. You start off the show with making sure that HR is, is helping to translate in the, I'll call it the common language between employees and employers so that we can align and get on the same page you talked about what employees are looking for and how employers employers can deliver that type of uh, environment, uh, social culture, and elevating that within your organization and, and beyond. And uh, also looking at what people can do and how they can contribute in their job versus some of the traditional ways that we might have looked at job descriptions or requirements or backgrounds or even where you work or how you work. As long as you're getting the job done and you're doing it in a, uh, a way that's consistent with your values, then that sounds very HR like a boss like. What'd you think, Sue? Did you have fun on the show? I did. Thanks again very much. And it's always great to you know, have these discussions with like-minded individuals. So thank you again for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please leave a rating or review or better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.